0: This is Patrick McCoy, art collector from Chicago, uh, co-founder of Diasporhythms. And this is brought to you by Studio Noise. you got your carbon tools your battleship ray linoleum you got ink and paper you ready baby you just like me baby you ready to do some prints baby i hear you that's the noise the noise the noise the sound of creation and this is just the place for that it's the studio noise podcast sponsored by nbaf it's all the fun and excitement about a studio visit, right? Digging through the old work, you know what I'm saying? Looking on the wall. What's behind there? Like you're all into it. So it's mad information. It's insight. It's laughing. It's inspiration. All of that. We just happen to be capital B black. That's all it is, baby, because black people do art and black people make culture. And we talk about it right here on the noise. Uh, It's your boy, Jay Barber, printmaker, artist, grad student, all that. Still holding it down. Jiggy Jazz is on assignment all summer. So it's just your boy. It's just me and you all summer long right here on the noise, yo. So I'm a, I have made a promise. I'm going to keep it rocking. Bring you these interviews. You just don't let me be up here by myself. <laughs> That's all it is. You got to keep the dialogue rocking. So now I'm going to drop the studio noise question of the week on you. And then I'm going to kick it to the interview. We got a great interview today with my man. I, I'm i going to tell you about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so this week, Studio Noise Question of the Week is very simple. Very, very simple. Just give me, name me three artists that you're watching and studying right now that's blowing your mind. That's all you got to do. Just let me know who I'm supposed to be looking out for. So I'm going to go first and let y'all know who I'm looking at, who's blowing my mind right now, who's just doing amazing work. You just can't escape it. Just you feeling in your bones when you see it. Um, first off, uh, I gotta go to my man, Kadir Nelson. This guy is, is killing it right now. His covers have, he's been on a roll with the covers so hard. Like, uh, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Uh, sometimes when I see his stuff, it's, it's just mind blowing how he just keeps rolling it out too. It's like, like every month is another one and they're beautiful. They're super well painted. They're constructed. It's like, ah, this guy is like a genius, yo. I love it. Uh, secondly, on my list of people that I'm always watching is Nelson McCamo He's a South African artist. I think he's based in Johannesburg, but he paints and draws um, South African children, like in just like daily life and different poses. And they're like always bright and colorful, but they, they're children. So it's like soft. And uh, it's like they're saying something about innocence and, and life and texture and I don't know, it's it's something about him, you know. So all all those pictures I've seen from him have been, just been striking. So uh, you know, learning about his technique, you know what I'm saying? Getting seeing how he's doing his gestures and putting it together. Uh his colors are fantastic. Um, the compositions, I mean, he got stuff, um, you know, surprise showings with Oprah's house, you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's doing like crazy, crazy man stuff. And so my third artist is definitely this one is going to get a big shout out from me because he's Studio Noise fan. Uh, and he's somebody that I've known and, you know, got to got to see in action for a while now. And now he it just feels like he's having a little moment. Uh, and that's my man, Charlie Palmer. He rolled it out with two, two big things came out. One, he he got the John Legend album cover, which for any regular month would be like amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like that one of the John Legend's best albums in a long time. I want to say it's because of the cover. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying the cover is just man inspiring, but it's a good, it's a good album too. So, and, but he also surprise dropped and has the time magazine cover with an amazing piece up there. And if you know Charlie's work, you know, um, you know how beautiful it is, right? You know how, how constructed and colors. I don't know. It seems like just this is elevated just that much more Cause it's still all the same elements from Charlie with the flowers and the allusion to the flag and the stars and the the colorful children and stuff like that. But I don't know. It seems like some about he put that little extra extra sauce on it or something. You know what I'm saying? He did a great job on that. How the the stripes from the thing are coming down to make the T I M am from <laughs> the letters from time magazine, man, it's beautiful. Uh, it was, it was extraordinary. It was such a surprise. But such a great honor. I couldn't think of nobody else that deserved it more. So definitely a big shout out to Charlie Palmer doing his thing. And you know, that's the that's the stuff we I'm looking at. That's what I'm keep what's keeping me going. That's what getting me hyped up. It's like, yo, you see, he did that. He did that. Oh, I got to make some noise, baby. I got to get back in the studio. You know what I'm talking about? And so that's what getting me hyped up. So you tell me what's getting you hyped up. Tell me who you're looking at. Tell me who's your favorite artist right now. Give me three names. Um, head over to the studio noise, Instagram, that's at studio noise podcast, and go ahead and drop it in the comments. Let me know, go ahead, and tag them. If you, if they got names on it, let everybody know who they should be looking at right now. I'm going to drop my names. You drop your names. We're going to keep the dialogue going all summer long, baby. Right here on the noise. So coming up, we got my man out of Baltimore right now. i originally from Detroit. I know him <laughs> I said in podcast way back when he had the dreads, the <laughs> G was dread, Chris. <laughs> and, now he, and now he's just christopher batten um painter teacher can't say enough about the good brother He he's doing some great work he's got some great stories so we you know we kick it a little bit on the podcast and you know you get to hear from it right here be inspired it's a great conversation as always that's all we give you baby this premium content and all you got to do is subscribe <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out as a matter of fact going to this interview why don't you just take some time for me look, look do me a favor right here do, do your boy a favor right quick go ahead and tag two of your friends and tell them about the noise show. tell them they need to check this out and listen to this conversation it's a good one yo so coming up after the break we got my man chris batten on the podcast the noise All right, it's studio noise. It's your boy Jay Barber, and I'm sitting with uh, my main man from way back in the day. I remember when he had the dreads, Mister Christopher <laughs> Baden, on the podcast. What's going on, man? Tremendous visual artist up in Baltimore.
1: What's <laughs>
2: going on?
0: What's going on? Yeah. So when uh, a lot of people, I don't know if they know or not, but when I first started the podcast, the reason I started it was one because right before I started grad school. I was having these conversations with, with people on Instagram live. And that's, you know, that's the big thing now. Like everybody's on live. Everybody wants a live conversation with such and such and such and such. Right. So I I did that like a couple of years ago. And the one thing I, I didn't like about it was that, yo, we had a great conversation, man. Like you chopped it up with me about like grad school, what they expect and stuff. And so the one thing I didn't like is that I couldn't save it. And I couldn't have nowhere to like to give people information. So that's one of the reasons I started the podcast. So it seemed, yeah. yeah, it's like that. Like, yo, it seems kind of funny that you get to come on the podcast now, <laughs> like after all this time.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, man, it's it's an honor, and you know, like I was, like I was uh, saying, man, you know, through through our text um, conversation, it was n- it's nice to see how how this has evolved from those you know early conversations, man. You know, I've been a fan of the podcast since the beginning, man. So you know, it's definitely an honor to. To, you know be back be on here and you know have another conversation with you you know it's, it's dope
0: And yeah for real yeah and, and we appreciate you coming on man uh jiggy jazz you're on assignment right now so it's just me and you <laughs> right now locking it down <laughs> so uh i guess i'll start there a little bit and just talk a little bit about like what we did mention on like in that conversation that we couldn't say <laughs> about grad school because i because i was really like wondering like uh just as as black artists who were who were out in the marketplace before I went to grad school and kind of getting a feel of like what was expected, so like real quick like give us a little list of what you remember from our conversation what you told me
2: well um i mean i t- I talked about i remember us talking about um just kind of the expectations that that kind of come into play when when you When you get into grad school, like I remember a lot of people telling me, you know, um, that you're gonna run into some pushback in terms of like painting about black issues and stuff like that. I got a lot of warnings about that. And, um, you know, yeah, that was, that was essentially the case, you know. So we, we, we talked a lot about that and, you know, just, um, you know, notions of, you know, like artists being these progressive people and that's not always case and you know it was it was, yeah, it was it was some yeah it was some really really good conversations around that and um yeah man but you know i made i made it through you know i know you doing
1: your thing
0: yeah right now, yeah so yeah i'm I'll going going into the third year i gotta gotta work on this thesis like coming up now i'm picking a committee uh so i got still gotta figure out who i want uh the, to be in conversation with for six months while, while i'm thinking about <laughs> you Know making this work and stuff, but but yeah, but I think that was the start of like it was an interesting conversation. I think that was my maybe one of the first long conversations we had. I've been a fan of your work for a while. Uh, for everybody that don't know, Chris Batten, go to cbatten.com, uh, at Chris at cbattenart on Instagram, and they can check you out, man. They can see like how how good your stuff was, man. You always had these lush colors, uh, you was doing acrylics, you had the like the, the iconic women and all that stuff that you was working with, man. But but in terms of going to grad school, how much did you grow coming from it? Because I think that's what I'm like, as I'm looking back, starting my third year, ready to finish off. Like I am looking at um, points of progress. Like how did I, what have I, have I taken in and how has it changed what I'm putting out? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think about your work a lot too, where uh, even now I see like a lot of those same like lush colors, like bright colors. Um, and characteristics in your work, but I, I see some changes. I see you added some finesse to it and all that kind of stuff, right? So I think about a piece <laughs> that you have, like from 2009, way back in the way back, called the Daydream. You remember that piece?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: yeah. So tell, uh-huh. so kind of give us a guide of like what that piece, what you were thinking, and then how you think it translates now into your work.
2: So with with the Daydream, that was actually that was one of the first. Well, no, that was probably like the second painting I did of my, uh, my maternal grandmother. And, um, what I was thinking about in that piece is, uh, her, you know, being born in Georgia and then moving to Detroit, you know, when she was really young and you know, our parents moved the family up to Detroit and, you know, just the life she's built from there. And, um, at that time I had started or a little bit before that I had started putting these like kind of floating objects around my the subjects in my in my portrait pieces or figurative pieces to kinda add like a narrative component to the piece and kinda tell you a little bit about the, the, the person. And um I think now as I've gone through grad school like I'm less reliant on that. Um less rely less how, relying
0: on like the symbolism of like the objects. Yeah. or Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's like I, I do still use it from time to time, but I'm not I'm not as reliant on it as I used to be. And I think I've I've become more conscious of like how colors like connote different things, like placing certain colors together, kind of symbolize different things and like I'm I'm more I'm more conscious of that now, so I, I try to rely on that sort of thing. Also, the way that I'm applying the paint, like the, the gestural quality of the paint, like in using that to push the narrative of a piece. So I think I'll become more conscious of that. But I mean, I, you know, like you said, I still see a lot of those. Like, like I don't think the core of who I am has changed very much. It's just the the approach to my pieces has
0: changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we talked about that a little bit, too, about that was the one thing that I wanted to get out of grad school. Like, and not so much that even as artists, we're always taking the opportunities. Like, every new piece, we're trying to push it. You know what I'm saying? And try something new, try something different. But specifically, when starting grad school, I wanted to, and we talked about, like, having that time and space to specifically do work that was different, you know what I'm saying? That would push you in a different direction that you read different articles and stuff like that. So you had like a different sensibility going into it. And so I think that's what I'm getting out of it too. And I'm, I'm getting out of um, the idea that even the cohorts that I have, like everybody else that's in the program the same year, the conversations that we have and the, the work I see them making becomes reflective in what i'm doing because i'm seeing like what's successful you know what i'm saying that makes sense
2: oh yeah oh yeah yeah that makes perfect sense i mean you know i got a i got a lot out of you know just seeing the way a lot of my um colleagues like the artists they were looking at the the way they handled the paint you know it was a lot there were a lot of abstract painters in my program, oh, yeah? you know, so most, most of the painters were abstract painters. So it's like just being able to see how they approach the work. I mean, that helped me so much. And then on top of that, now I make abstract work, you know, just from being kind of exposed to that, you know, I, that's, that's a part of my practice now too. So, you know, it, it definitely, definitely a lot of, a lot of pros came out of the situation, but you know, you know we we definitely talked about some of the struggles yeah. oh yeah oh
0: yeah yeah it's been it's been a little bit of that too it's been a little bit of that too especially going into like this third year it's like i know like i mean we're recording this uh i don't know when people are gonna hear it but we're recording it like they just had like ma- major protests a lot of stuff going on like over the week um over last week and it's kind of like that stuff is gonna be reflected in my work, like for sure, because that kind of stuff was already in my work. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. you know, people ask. Like, I'm still mad about Tamir Rice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm still mad about, um, uh, about Trayvon. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I, I haven't not not been mad about it. And so, like, now this is just like adding more fuel. So I'm wondering, like, what those conversations are going to be when I sit down? And you know, just to be frank, most of the people that I'm going to be uh, in conversation with a white. So what are they going to mm-hmm. think when I when I sit back and I really start laying this stuff out for them? You know what I'm saying? Let them know where I'm going. I, I've i had one professor uh, make some notes pushing back about, you know, uh, do I want to do what's expected of me? Like being black, like, you know, in this kind of situation, which I think is a goofy argument to make anyway. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, come, I mean, y- you say that I should do something different because I'm black. But you only said that because I'm black, <laughs> right? So, like you know, like like your argument is goofy, <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, no, yeah, I, I can go ahead.
2: Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that, man. Because yeah, I you know I was presented with that same argument, and then it was like, what was another one like? Should you bear the burden of your people and all of these just bizarre things, man? I'm just like, come on, yo,
1: like,
0: like yeah, it's just a goofy argument, but I mean, I'm, I'm I look forward to it. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like two thumbs up with a big smile, like, yeah, I can't wait, yo, can't wait to august so we got had these, had these deep conversations. It's funny that you, that you do, um, that you say you're working on abstracts. Cause I, I just started like messing around with it too. Um, so what, talk about what get, what made you think about doing abstracts?
2: So when I was in school, um, my, my, uh, the director of my program, she would do these like periodic visits, you know, with, with everybody in the program and just kind of talk to us about, you know, where, where we felt we were, where we wanted to go. and um you know, just offer her commentary, you know, in relation to that. And she, uh, we were talking and in my critiques, man, I was getting slammed because I was painting everything the same way. You know, I had a very um definitive style and approach to painting when I came in, you know, just like we talked about earlier, you know, both of us, we were making work before we came into grad school and doing our thing before that. So, yeah. you know, I really had to kind of get I had to kind of work my way out of that. And as we were talking, you know, I told her that I, um, was a martial artist. Like I've been studying martial arts since I was eight. And, um, she, she told me it would be a good idea to kind of tap into that as a way to develop like different painting gestures. And like my first response to that was to go into the studio and make representational paintings about fighting. And then when I actually sat down and did it, it came out abstract. It was just weird, you know. And I, I started um timing myself like like the rounds of a fight. So, like, the first few I did, I did, like, three rounds, like, 45 minutes apiece, hmm. you know. And I would just paint for 45 minutes straight, stop, you know, take a break, keep going until I did three rounds, you know. And it was like, and yeah, it was just some very interesting things that were coming out as I was thinking about my experiences with with essentially violence. Like, you know, like the confusion that comes along with that, the pain, the you know, all these things that you experience in, in violent confrontations. And yeah, it's it's just really been a, a great thing to explore ever since then. So that was in two thousand sixteen when I started making abstract work. And um yeah, that continues to this day and what I like is how it influences my representational work too, because I've I've gotten a lot looser in the way that I've changed right. representationally now and a lot freer, you know. So it's, it's 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 cool, you know, it's it's been a been a cool journey. So
0: Yeah, I like that. I like you know? that. Yeah. And um i I'll tell you that. I I started doing it because uh, one like especially right now, I don't have access to a press, so I don't feel like carving and like having just wood blocks and stuff sitting around, and I can't press it, <laughs> and I can't like yeah. finish finish going with the image. So like, so I just kind of looking for something else to do, but it, and also I'm looking for something different to do because I don't want it because I don't want it, my work to just be the same. Because right now, like you know, we do a lot of, of black figuration, right, and so we always like oh. taking pictures of people. Um, and now I can't take pictures of people, you know what I'm saying? Because we're not in the same spaces no more. And I don't want to take pictures of people with masks on. Like, that's not going to be my thing. Like, you're not going to see your boy come out with a suite of prints with mask on. Like, it's not happening. Like, that's not how I see our, our people like that. And so I was looking for something different. And so that's when I just started like, yo, I'm just going to make some marks right quick. I'm going to use some colors. You know what I'm saying? Start pouring out, pulling out all the colors, all the old, like, you know, Old wood panels and stuff I used to make way back in the day when I used to do watercolors and all that kind of stuff. I started pulling mm-hmm. that out and messing with it, so it it just felt like a different way to like get into a mode and free my mind a little bit from like what was going on. And so I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we need that break sometime. You know what I'm saying? Just from what you what you usually do, and like you said, it, you introduce gestures into your new work now, like in the, in the way you do faces, like the looseness.
2: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, man, and I like I you know, I I saw the the stuff you posted, man, and it looks dope, man. So, you know, I think I think it's I think it's definitely a worthwhile venture, man, to, you know, step away from the norm.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, For sure. And so I wanna you mentioned the fighting, so let's I'm gonna get into that piece a little bit. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it um from the get go and, and talk about it in terms of uh, discipline right because i think you said your your mama took you to church and your daddy taught you martial arts. so it's like oh, yeah. so it's like that's two completely different ways of finding order in your life like talk about that a little bit
2: yeah so um it's, it's funny because um so yeah you know my you know like a lot of a lot of black families you know um you know, my my mom was, you know, raised in the church, so she took me, you know, me and my siblings to church, you know, so that was a big part of, of growing up, you know, when I was younger. But then, like, my dad, you know, I would, so I would hang out with my dad, and, you know, I would just, like, spot him, sparring people, and, you know, we'd go to tournaments, and
1: So
2: he was
0: I'd a fighting fighter?
2: And, like, he was a fighter, yeah, fighter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, my dad was I mean, he, he did his thing, man. He trained like, he was a trainer for a team that represented the U.S. like back in the day. Oh, nice. Um, and he fought on the team too, you know, so he was a fighter and a trainer.
0: Nice.
1: I
2: mean, you know, yeah, he, he's, you know, he, he's been doing this since he, he was five and he'll be 66 tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah, he still trains like crazy, you know. Um, but, what was, what was funny is like, so my dad at his, at his place, he used to have, he had these crates with, you know, a whole bunch of books, magazines, you know, like I ended up reading The Art of War when I was like seven, you know, cause I saw it sitting on, you know, in one of his crates and I just picked it up cause I thought, I thought it was like, the art of war. Like I thought I was gonna open it and see <laughs>
1: pictures of war, you know? <laughs> and, I start,
2: and I started reading, I was like, man, it's pretty interesting, you know. So like, you know, I've read that book like several times since then, but Man, you, you, was, know,
0: a, you also, was a you, know, <laughs> you was an intense seven year old Yeah, man.
2: yeah. It was it was it was weird, man. It was it was weird, but I think it was just like being around him, you right. know, like like he had the Tao, you know, the Tao of jiu Bruce Lee's books. Like he had all of that stuff, man. Just all this, you know, Eastern philosophy.
1: That's dope.
2: And yeah, and it's like, um, when, like, I he also had in, in those crates like Black Belt magazines, and like I would just flip through them, and you know, I would see his name in there. Didn't even think twice about it. It was just like, oh, you know, that's just my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like I did. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> I became, I think I became attracted to the image of being a martial artist mm, yeah. or the reality. And, and that's, you know, that's normal for a kid. You know, you want to be able to put on the uniform and wear your belt and walk around and look cool. Yeah. So like, I, I, I asked my dad one day, I was like, you know, dad, can you like enroll me in karate school? And my, <laughs> and, my and my dad was like, well I can teach you, you know, like and I just never thought about that. Like I that's weird, but I never thought about that. You know, so he started teaching me when I was eight. And um, you know, the cool thing is he didn't force me to do it. He waited for me to ask him. Right. You know, so yeah. that was you know, that was cool, you know. So yeah, and it it's like the rest of history, man. Like I, you know, learned a ton of discipline from that, man, and just like yeah, it was it, it was it was it's it's been a been a wild ride, but a, a
1: good one, you
0: know. Yeah, and you so know? you got this yeah. new this new series, um, no play fighting. So how does that that experience of you in the in the fighting get into the artwork, and how did you kind of kick off this series?
1: So
2: one of the things, like, I began to kind of think about because, like, okay, so like I moved. I moved here, moved to Baltimore from Detroit in 2015. You know, I moved from Detroit, you know, an area where I had this incredible community. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew a lot of people, you know, I had like, you know, like Sydney, Thailand,
1: mm, yeah. Rucker,
2: you know, my friends, like, you know what I'm saying? Tiff Massey was friend, you know, is a friend of mine too, you know, incredible artists, incredible people. You know, my family was there now I'm you know I'm in I'm in Baltimore or at a certain point when I moved to Baltimore I, I was just like kind of alone you know I was left up. and um you know now since since that time you know I've met some people here you know there's some great artists there too man a lot of great artists for our community here but um like I started thinking about just my life experiences man and like I guess I never really thought about the fact that fighting as a concept is something that happens that can happen outside of a ring. And what I mean to say is like everybody, regardless of, you know, race, culture, creed, whatever, it's like, we all have something that we're fighting against. Like, you know, it could just be, you know, the will to make it through the day. I mean, some people are fighting depression and it's hard for them to make it through the day, or some people are fighting addictions, or, you know, I have I have friends and family who have battled cancer, like, or, um, you know, at the school I teach at, like, my, my boss and the dean of students, I mean, they're, like, putting out fires all day, I mean, just running around the school, you know, trying to make sure, you know, our students can get a great education, you know, so I started to think about all these things and how... The concept of fighting stretches beyond, you know, just my experiences with that concept of martial arts. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I just thought it would be a good idea to kind of like start to put that into my artwork and chronicle, you know, the, the fights and the fighters, you know, that, that exists outside of my experiences in, in the martial arts world. So, so yeah, that's kind of where, where it started you know, and I, I ended up, um, while I, when I initially started the peace, so I went to, there's a, um, an organization here an activism, activist organization here called Baltimore Peace Like I went to one of their rallies, man, and it was just like seeing them and seeing all these little kids out there with posters, just trying to promote peace in a neighborhood. I mean, it was just beautiful, man, like to see you know, people fighting in that way. And then I, I ended up meeting uh, a cancer doctor, you know, actually uh, two two people that I went to high school with. Um, well, first, my friend, Mia, like I put a message on Facebook looking for a, a, a cancer doctor. And my friend, Mia, referred me to another um, guy I went to high school with who lives in Baltimore, coincidentally. And he Connected me to a doctor at Johns Hopkins uh, named uh, Adam Levin. And talking to that guy, man, I, I, I had to hold back tears. Like, I'm usually like a pretty composed guy, but I had to hold back tears talking to this guy, like, in terms of like the things that he deals with on a daily basis. Just being a cancer doctor, I mean, it was like, whoa. And, um, yeah, that's all yeah, my cool stuff. Right yeah, i am just, man, I've just learned like so much about. <laughs> Like, yeah, man. It's, it's like I say, we all have some kind of fight, and, and um, you know, and I just want to connect to that, to that concept in the work. So that's kind of, that's pretty much the basis, you know.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that because, um, cause that it's a series of like portraits almost of, of mm-hmm. people that's in there, and so when you do have like no play fighting, you kind of have to ask the question like. How does it relate? But I, I see how you how you're relating it. So talk about um, a couple of the other ones. Uh, one is called Mr. Bond.
2: Okay, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the dean of students at at my school. So um, yeah, Mr. Bond. So like right now, for example, during this this COVID period, every day he has like a support session for the students. So the students can log into Um, Blackboard and you know have a video conference with Mr. Bond and you know sometimes I join it other teachers join it and we could just talk about just life you know talk and laugh and like he does that like even on his off time he's like still the dean of students like he's still looking out for these kids you know and I, I just I just think man that's heroic you know like for him to take on that fight, you know, and this is a guy who has a family of his own, you know, and he's still, you know, he's taking care of, you know, his kids and helping out everybody else's kids at the same time, you know, so. You
0: yeah, know, that's I awesome.
2: I to, yeah, to, had to put him in, in the series, you know.
0: Yeah, and I like, I, like, I always like um, art that highlights kind of what you're talking about right there, like these high school, like teachers and principals and counselors, a uh, Big shout out to all of them, man, because they, they kind of, like, are the lifeblood of the community on the low, where people don't really want to give them no credit for it, you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. it's like, I can't think of anybody I know that ain't got one teacher that's been, like, their guy, Like you know what I'm saying, or or their, like, mama or auntie or, or something like that, you know what I mean, that just affected their lives, uh, because they do play an important role in, like, offering community support for somebody.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, that's life right
0: man huge huge support yeah and so yeah man i I like hearing stuff like that because uh i know my wife um my wife teaches high school uh down here and she's kind of she kind of is doing she does the same thing but she does it in like she does it in a way where it's hard to explain but it's like she'll she'll (laughs) it's funny because she's my wife so we we talk openly so she would you know i hear all the complaints about the job and whatever whatever but then at the end of the year, like students are like bringing her like cakes and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so it's like mm-hmm. somewhere along that line, somewhere in that struggle, she's connecting with these people on different levels. You know what I'm saying? She's doing like important work, and I I think that's that's a cool thing, man. We we can never forget that or or, or dismiss it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially in a time like this where stuff is going like mad crazy. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So when you do let me ask you a question about that, when you do get on those calls, like what is it like, like interacting, um, like what are, what are people feeling right now, like your students?
2: I mean, like like especially like I, I tend to because I, I teach mostly 11th and 12th graders, so I interact with them the most, and like the seniors, you know, of course, were pretty bummed out because you know they couldn't have you know their prom or grad, you know, graduation like normal, you know, and yeah, it, it, it it's been it's been tough for them to, I guess, kind of function normally. You know, like to to find the motivation to do work a lot of times, and I understand it. You know, I I, I completely understand it, and you know, that's just what they talk about. Is like, you know, man, I just, you know, I just sometimes I just can't find the energy to do the work, or I sleep all day, and you know, the best. All I try to do, you know, is just listen, you know, make them laugh, you know, talk about something that I watched on Netflix that was funny. (laughs) You know, we just do that. We just do that sort of thing, and you know, just try to keep their spirits up because, you know, I I understand, you know, I understand because even even for me, you know, it's like, you know, we've seen a lot of things in our lifetime, but it's like. This is huge, you know, for, for somebody who's only been alive for, you know, 15 or 16 years. This is, like, big. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They can so, imagine nothing like this happening.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, so, yeah, we we just try to try to keep the spirits up, man. Just, you know, just try to laugh and, and joke as much as we can. And, you know, if they have a serious concern or want to have a serious conversation, you know, we we, we do that as well, so...
0: Nah, that's dope, man.
1: This is Daracia Mia
0: Demar, and you are listening to Studio Noise. Yeah, so tell us about Frankie.
2: Okay, so that's uh Frankie is uh is the head of the school, so she's me and Mr. Bond's boss. <laughs> you know. So uh yeah, Harvard educated, you know, and um, you know, could e- could easily be somewhere else, but you know, she's at this Baltimore City School, you know, trying to make sure like these kids get an opportunity to get a head start on a college education by getting that associate's degree. And I mean, yeah, she's just a, a, a huge champion, man, for like a quality education, you know, making sure, making sure these kids, you know, get as much as they can from, from us as as teachers. And, you know, again, you know, she deals with a ton of stuff on a daily basis. I mean, it's like if you can talk to her for for more than five minutes, that's like a, that means you know she's having a pretty pretty good day. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> right. Usually, I mean, she's running around everywhere, right. you know. And again, you know, she's another example, you know, to me of somebody I look at as like a superhero because I personally don't think I could deal with half of the things you know she deals with in the in the course of the day, you know. So
0: yeah, talk yeah, to me. Definitely. Talk to me about that. The red color that's in that's in all these pieces. Like, is that significant?
2: Yeah, yeah, so, um, I, I like, um, well, number one, I like the, the kind of vibratory, like the frequency it gives the colors that you put on top of it. Mm. But also, like, I wanted it to just generally represent, like, passion, like the passion to keep going, the passion to keep fighting, you know, so that was kind of, like, the thread that I wanted to run through to the pieces. Um, with the exception of the, the piece that I did that features the painting of my dad. And I kept that mostly in black and white tones to reflect, um, the concept of yin and yang, which is, you know, something I, you know, I was taught at a very young age, you know, the, the, the law of opposites and, you know, balance and how, how those work together to create balance. So, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, I wanted that red to kind of, Reflect like the passion, you know, that I see these people having, you
0: know. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. But you are—you always like um, adding like different different colors um, throughout your pieces. Like, you know, you flash back to one of your older pieces, you might see like yellow and green in the hair, you know what I mean? Or it's like random colors like that, and like non-local colors, like inside of it that you worked into for like emotional purpose. So I think this is just a, another step in that process.
2: hmm Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, that, uh the grad school thing just, you know, really, really opened me up to a lot of, a lot of things that I wasn't, wasn't paying attention to, you know, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that and I think it's helped my work grow and I think it's helped, you know, touch people in a, a different way because like, when I have showing of those pieces you know a lot of patients who were looking at those trainings and they were like wow i feel like i know these people like I, I can relate to these people even though i've never met them you know and i if i can you know if i can successfully touch on that thread that kind of runs through us all as human beings i think you know i think i'm think i'm on the front so you know that's the awesome goal
0: for sure tell us tell us about yeah. the the torchbearers
2: Oh yeah, the choice there is okay, so I wanted to uh to incorporate myself into that body of work without doing it so blatantly as doing as making like a self portrait, for example. Mm-hmm. So I um I went to a couple of my students and I asked them if I could do interpretations of the work, some of the work that they submitted to me. And um so I found like two drawings and I just basically did painted interpretations of those drawings. So I remixed them. It was a way to like get myself into the narrative, but also to pay respects to my students who are like learning and growing, and you know who will be the next people to to bring change about in in the world. You know. So, yeah, that was a uh, basic gist of, of those pieces.
0: I like that. So so it, it was yeah. their drawings that they did, as, like, as, as part of your class? Mm-hmm. And so you just took them and, like, repainted them?
2: Yeah, yeah. Just just did a little remix and added my own, you know, touch, because those were those drawings, the drawings that I used for that were, were just graphite drawings.
1: mm Okay. So I turned
2: them into the painting and changed the color and just did all kinds of, you know, weird stuff, but not to the point where it would distort the original expression that they made in the work, you know? So. Yeah.
0: I like that. I like that. That's, that's a good connection to, to make. Like you said, without like directly putting yourself into it. Um, because, These are your students. Like, these are people that you are touching, like, you know, personally, like, you know, pause, you know, (laughs) like that. But like, these are people that that you're like interacting with, like you're you're building, like furthering your narrative through them. You know what I mean? And so, like, Mm -hmm. I I wanted to talk about those pieces in particular because the style of it is a little different because I see how the way that you render faces is more naturalistic and this reminds me more of like Lois Malu Jones or somebody like that yeah. where it's like a little looser like it's more colors you know what I mean that type of thing
2: yeah I want, I wanted um I, I did them that way because like I wanted it to represent I wanted those portraits to represent a person that's still like developing if that makes sense yeah um so yeah I wanted it to be kind of loose and something that um the viewer could kind of like build or construct like a broader narrative out of like as this person as someone that's you know still still growing, still expanding. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: no, I like no, I I get it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So everything is not like fully rendered. You know what I'm saying? It's not mm-hmm. like all the way set in stone. Like they still are gonna develop. Into whoever you know have other experiences. They're gonna go to go to college. You know what I mean. They're gonna have jobs. They're gonna you know meet a girl. All this kind of good stuff. And right. and it's gonna take on its own life. I, I like that, man. You's a smart brother, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, talking to another
2: smart brother,
0: so <laughs> yeah, time. to know,
2: man?
0: Yeah, and and so like going off of that, like the idea of these students growing. I'm gonna bring up another piece of yours, pomp and circumstance. Um, okay. Well, I want to talk about this piece, but I also want to talk about um, your materials because this one is oil and aerosol. And I know you specifically from your acrylic work and your and your um like the black and white drawings you used to do. Was that ink or was that what was that?
2: Yeah, those were uh yeah ink. Okay. Yeah, ink and ink wash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me. Yeah. um So. So that's two questions. Talk about the piece, and talk about your use of materials. Like why you, like, end up switching up.
2: Okay, so I talk I talk about the the materials first. So back when I was in Detroit, I I got involved in a um, okay, so when I was when I when I was in Detroit, I got involved with a couple of uh, beautification projects, pretty much by uh Sydney city mm, James yeah. and uh. One of the things that was cool is like all these artists were kind of being brought in, you know, not only from around the area of Detroit, but also from outside Detroit and they were aerosol artists. And like I, I started watching them and how they use spray paint and I developed an interest in using spray paint. And, um, but I just never kind of. I, I was kind of afraid to start experimenting with it at that time and then fast forward to grad school when I'm making my at work. Okay. All right. So, so I, I gained, I gained an interest in it from watching you know, these, these guys spray paint different murals, but I was kind of apprehensive or a little scared to try it out. You know, so when I got to grad school, there's an art store that's right next to the graduate studios at uh at Maryland Institute College of Art. So I uh, um they were clearancing some spray paint, so I was like, Bet, you know, this is a good time to to try it out. And so I started using it initially in my abstract work. And um what I like about it is that when like you can spray it and then when you put marks on top of it, it gives the mark like a velocity or altitude, if that makes sense. Mm, And, um, so I, I became very interested in that. And, um, so, so yeah, after from pretty much 2016 to now, like I've been using it heavily in my paintings and, um, yeah. So, so that piece, um, and, and the ones that are in no play fighting are either oil and aerosol or, yeah, that particular one, pomp and circumstance is, uh, oil and aerosol. And, um, so the, the person in that piece is actually my grandfather. So I, I use the reference from, it's a graduation photo from 1938. Wow. So, yeah. One of the things that struck me about that image, of course, is like how timeless it is.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Cause oh. I, I would, I would have thought for sure it was one of your students. Mm, yeah,
2: that's, that's my, that's my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. <laughs> so,
0: where was he graduating from?
2: Uh, he, he was from uh, South Carolina. Oh,
0: so that South was high school.
1: school?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's dope, man.
1: Yeah.
0: So how do you end up? Yeah, how do you end dope. up finding that photo? Is that one of the photos y'all just got on the shelf at the house? or like you had to look um, for it?
2: My grandfather, um, so when he was young, he developed an interest in photography, and um, as a result, he kept like scrapbooks. Like, so, you know, he, I, he had that photo of himself, but he also in the same scrapbook had like pictures of like, um, you know, like his friends, pictures of girls he had crushes on, wow. like in high school. I mean, it's interesting, man. It's like,
0: crazy though ah that's dope, this old yeah. <laughs> that's
2: dope man it's
0: all scrapbooks yeah that's dope man did they look different like back in the day like i noticed that about pictures when um you know you know how black artists do man we always looking for looking through like gordon parks and you know what I'm saying people like that looking at their old photos uh-huh. i always noticed how the black people bodies look different you know what i'm saying like they was they was into some different stuff back in the day like when you, yeah. did you notice that about the pictures or do they look like us
2: I think, I think they look different. I think they look a lot different. I'm, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't know. Like, like a lot of them to me, like the pictures in his, in his scrapbooks and the pictures that he took of people, they almost look like movie stars. Like, wow, I don't know how to explain it. It's like they, they don't look the same. Like, I don't know if they just had like a better diet than we have or I, <laughs> like I don't, I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's just
1: like,
0: yeah, they just, you
2: know, skin super smooth. Oh, wow, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they just look beautiful, man. Yeah. Look at Soul, like look at old episodes of Soul Train. Like and, mm-hmm. and, see, and see, you though know, the bodies of like the women and the guys. Like everybody was kind of like, you know, they were, they were dancing. So obviously they were dancing for like an hour. So they were healthy, but still like, you know, their their bodies look I don't know, more natural. I don't want to say more natural, make it look like we're not natural, but <laughs> it just looked like yeah. it was just a different time period. That's man, interesting, man. So are you going to, mm-hmm. are you using like more of those photographs in your work too?
2: Well, I I kind of mix it up. Um, so, um, especially a lot of work that I was doing before grad school mm-hmm. was strictly from photos that my grandfather had taken, you know, because he, he took, I mean he had a dark room in you know in my grandma's basement you know uh. so he would um you know shoot shoot photos my uncle or my great uncle my late great uncle he was also um a photographer as well so him and my grandfather would you know go out and shoot together and and um yeah when I was like a teenager I started flipping through these photo albums and it was just like, man, you know, it was just like this gold mine of like imagery that I could use to, to make work from. So, so yeah, I got, um, old like, um, uh, what are those things called? Accordion file. Like I got a whole accordion file full of just like photocopies of my grandfather's photographs. And, um, yeah. So I pull them out from time to time and, um, yeah, I was just going through one. um, you know, a few months ago, and I came I came across that picture. I forgot that I even had it, and I was like, "Man, I got to do something with this." So
0: yeah, that you know, that's
2: that's how prompt the circumstance came came to be.
0: That's awesome, man. That's a great idea. So well, why 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 are the mosquitoes like around them?
2: Okay, so <laughs> it's like I I had this weird like sometimes I get kind of scatterbrained with like <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of like my practice where like I'll work on like say three series at a time as opposed to one,
1: uh-huh. you know,
2: so like, so that painting is the third in a series where I've been using like insect symbolism. And, um, I was inspired to do that by like, I'm a huge fan of like Flemish painting, like Flemish still life painting. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though they used insects, you know, to kind of how fleeting life is, like, I'm, I'm, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to use insects but kinda in a different way, more of their I guess like spiritual means.
1: Hmm.
2: And um and uh yeah, so that's why I decided to to use the mosquitoes in
0: that. You have um, used other bugs too, right? What, what were the other yeah. What were the other bugs? I used you was a little girl. I moths. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: There's my, my niece. Yeah, that's my niece. Um, that's called Renewal Rising and that one I used uh scarab, scarab because i 'cause mm-hmm. I'm I'm big into like Egyptian philosophy. So yeah, I used the the scarabs on that and then the one I did um the first one that I did is actually her my nephew and I used moths on that one.
0: Yeah, that that's an interesting yeah. twist, man. What what got you into like the that kind of symbolism? Like the insects.
2: Um Yeah, I just, I just kind of wanted to remix like that, you know, that European tradition of, of using, um, bugs. And I, I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of remix it and, and do it in, in in my way, you know, like, and have the bugs like symbolize the things that, you know, have them reference more of their, their spiritual connotations and, and then just like, know how fleeting life is you know i, I wanted to kind of yeah. expand so it was it was like it was just kind of one of those things that just came up when i was just sitting sitting in the studio <laughs> one day sketching <laughs> I was like okay this yeah. might be interesting
0: yeah just like all good <laughs> ideas just come out of nowhere <laughs> that's dope man that's dope and so i so now on on this course like what what are you have more stuff happening in like a bunch of different series like you said like what's on your mind right now
2: um so i'm i'm actually i'm actually uh i actually revisited revisiting the no play fighting series now, so i'm working on a um a painting of my niece and my sister together um so that's that's what's on the easel now. Um, I'm still kind of figuring out the the composition, but I have like I have a drawing on on the on the canvas right now, but I'm still kind of figuring figuring it out before I uh, put paint on there. But I, I definitely wanted to to chronicle, you know, my sister and you know just like the impact she's. I mean, you know, she's having not only on my nephew, but like on, on my niece specifically, like that mother daughter relationship. Like I wanted to kind of, to, to, to discuss that in a piece. So that's, that's what I got
0: going now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, man. And so I, I like it cause um, your work is always kind of has a spiritual center to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's something you can always feel when I look at it. Cause even your people, uh, like you said, using the colors the way you do, they seem to vibrate a little bit. So that vibration can be, you know, color, or it can be kind of a spiritual energy. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a picture of your mom's, mm-hmm. your mom said you did, uh, you posted on Mother's Day. Big shout out to her. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that that's kind of has that, that same way to it. Like that everything seems to vibrate. Like it's more than just, just what you see on the canvas. Like you're illuminating something else about the person. Like inside of it. And I think a lot of portraits, uh, the best portraits, uh, have that same feel to them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I mean, like, you know, I can, I can go back to, you know, when I was a little kid and like, uh, the trips, you know, we would take to the art museum and, and the portraits that, you know, do what you just described are the ones that, you know, always stood out to me. Even, even back then, you know, it was just something about them. Like, you know, they're portrayed in the way they're lit. That just kind of draws me in. And I want to, you know, I want to know more. And I, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think the best, the best portraits, you know, do, do that.
0: Yeah, for know? sure. For sure. And so, you know, as we ended here, man, I appreciate you giving us the time, but as we ended, man, I think um, the, one of the reasons me and you met at all was, was at the unfortunate wake of our dear sister, Tamara Madden. Uh and so like you were you were a good friend of hers and I don't want any time to go by without uh speaking her name into the atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? Because you never forget people, uh, as long as oh, their yeah. name are, are out there. So if you can, if you will for me, please. Uh just tell me a little bit about Tamara. Like remind the people what kind of person she was.
2: Uh yeah. So, you know, i just I'll just talk briefly about like you know, how I met her and yeah, definitely talk about, you know, she's just a great, she was a great woman, you know, and, um, but, uh, I, I actually, I was introduced, like, when I first, I guess, quote, met her because it was on social media, it was on MySpace, you know, so this is back, oh, wow, in, the yeah, day. That's
0: back in the day. This is way <laughs> better. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, um, she was just a painting, you know, that was her profile picture it was just a painting. And I remember, you know, just going through the, you know, people you may know thing or whatever it was called back then. Um, and I saw that, I saw her piece and I saw that profile picture and I just added her. And, um, you know, I sent her a message early after and I was like, you know, that, that painting is amazing. Like, you know, the way you use color and, and it was like from that day on, we would just message each other constantly about art. You know, and just talk about art. And, you know, she would tell me, you know, about different artists that she was looking at. And, you know, of course, her mentors, you know, Charlie and, and Kevin, she would always talk about them, you know. And so that's, that's one of the ways that I got introduced to their work as well. And, um, yeah, it's like, you know, so we, we talked like that for years, you know, and then I finally met her in 2009 I think that was Mm. um in person when we were we both had work in um in this show called Embrace it was like during the National Black Arts Festival and um yeah I, I met her in person and I mean she was just cool like yes um what was immediately like striking to me at the time was like a warm and friendly she was like yeah um considering how she looked <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean like i just wasn't like i wasn't used to that because like i mean you know t- t- tomorrow was strikingly beautiful woman oh, yeah she know? was so,
1: gorgeous
2: yeah yeah and it, it was just like i i was like whoa like she's like really nice <laughs> you know so um but yeah it was like i mean we just you know we became friends like Instantly, you know, like, I mean, of course, we had always already been having, you know, those conversations with each other about art. But I mean, yeah, you know, she she was super funny, you know, raw, you know, and and, and an incredible work ethic. man. I mean, like super prolific. I mean, she was always making work, always growing. I mean, I mean, and, and, you know, I'd be lying if I if I said, you know, she didn't influence me in in a, in a way in terms of. You know, even how I paint and how I approach things. I mean, yeah, she she was an amazing person, man. And, I, and I'm, you know, I, I feel privileged to to have known her and to, you know, to have been around her and you know to, I mean, she like painted a picture of me like that was, you know, I was I was in one of her paintings and like I mean it, it it's just like I I feel like to have known her is is definitely an honor you know for anyone you know she she was definitely a great a great person great great artist a great woman you know and um yeah it's, it's, it was just definitely an honor
0: oh no that and mm-hmm. and that's the truth man and you know always always take an opportunity man to to share her artwork you know what i mean and like just let people know like she's not forgotten man i think oh, i think yeah. she was um she was making good work, man. That was that was the the best thing about her. Like even from when I met her, when she was doing stuff with the birds at the show, like she took the time at her opening to like chill and talk with me for like 30 minutes and didn't even know me. She had just met me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like it was that kind of spirit and from that time, she was always like helping me out, giving me tips, you know what I'm saying? Just having basic conversations with me. But I always enjoyed her spirit, always enjoyed her artwork, man. And so I, de- I definitely wanted to get you to say a couple words about her like here on the podcast, man, so make sure she don't get forgotten.
2: Every uh every year I give my students a uh, um a project where insert themselves into a work by a figurative artist and I, I give them a list of figurative artists, but you know, obviously they can stray from that, you know, with their own research. But I always you know, I always talk about in in the lecture that I introduced that assignment um, with. I always talk about Tamara and her work, and you and, and, and she's on that list. So I I find a lot of students gravitate, you know, trying to trying to, you know, just keep keep her keep her alive, you
0: know. For sure. Um, yeah. For sure. For sure. So yeah sorry, sorry to end it on such a, a, a down note but you know <laughs> but i definitely wanted to get that out of there man make sure you check out my man christopher batten c on instagram at c art uh check him out man The guys doing some tremendous work man you yeah, welcome to the studio noise family man definitely gonna keep up with you as always man you my man you know that
2: oh yeah oh yeah man likewise hey man it's definitely an honor man
0: That's it, another episode of the Studio Noise Podcast. Big shout out to my man Chris Batten in Baltimore doing all that good work, man. We sure do appreciate it. Show do appreciate you joining the fam, man. Keep doing that work, man. We're helping them babies through this tough time, man. That's what we need, man. Uh, definitely big shout out to that. And so, you're already it's it's just ended, and y'all already anxious and sending me emails, wondering, Jay, please tell me what's the next episode? I can't wait. Well i tell you what, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a good one. I got my print brother on the podcast, Mr. Steve Prince on the podcast, yo. You got two printmakers in the same room at the same time. It don't, it just don't get no better than that. That's all I'm saying. So tune in for that one. And we got a giveaway. Oh, we got a good giveaway contest next week, too. Our first ever Studio Noise giveaway is going to be great. Uh, So definitely check that out. So I know you're already anxious. Uh, in in waiting But y'all need something to listen to uh, To get you by until that time I say y'all listen to Busta Rhymes Listen to the coming uh, The first album is great yo. That's the kind of energy y'all need in the studio On and on On and on Understand when I form Voltron <laughs> Everything we made wrong I make sure everything we made wrong, wrong. So sure so wrong I make sure
1: <laughs> everything we made wrong I make sure <laughs> everything girl, girl. we made wrong
0: i make sure everything remains raw baby oh we need that energy i've been dropping them them r&b hits <laughs> oh all yeah, lately i gotta give y'all something else to get y'all hype yo get you through uh that's the new energy yo so y'all gonna make something extra special this week i promise and so as always i definitely want to thank y'all I'll tell you how much i appreciate y'all for listening to the studio noise podcast uh if you like what you hear if you if you even kind of like what you hear, <laughs> why don't you hit subscribe right quick wherever you listen to podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, everywhere you listen? Go ahead if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and write us a five star review, uh, get us pumped up in the chart, let everybody know about the noise. Yes, and you can get in touch with us uh, at Studio Noise podcast on Instagram. You can send us an email to the inbox uh, at studio noise podcast at gmail.com. And so you want to follow Jiggy Jazz, who's out on assignment. Go ahead, show us some love. That's negris.supreme. Don't forget that dot. And of course, you can follow your boy, the professor <laughs> at J Barber Studio on all your social medias. And to all my artists out there, don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to take your moment. Don't forget to feel the, the sunlight on your skin and the breath in your body, yo. It's a gift. Y'all need it. You deserve it. And you do all that, man. Need you ready to get charged up and you get back in that studio and make some noise. Let me hear you, baby. It's Studio Noise Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.